0: Hey, I want to welcome everybody out there to Amateur Radio Roundtable. This show is about ham radio and shortwave listeners and electronics. So if you're out there on shortwave listening tonight on WBCQ and 7490, we'd really love to hear from you. Send us an email to tom at w5kub.com, tom at w5kub.com. Tell us where you are, give us a signal report, tell us how the station sounds and let us know where you are there. Okay, so I need everybody to do me a favor. You know what it is. You got to hit that subscribe button down here. see the little button. I put the arrow up here. You need to hit that subscribe button right there. I'm pointing at it. Uh, that helps us to uh, uh, promote our channel. So uh, please uh, please do that for us. All right. Uh, also, Join our Facebook group. You can join our Facebook group just by going to W5KUB. And we've got about 13,000 members now in our group and a great group of people. And uh, it follows the show and a lot of the projects we do and just it, everything ham-related, uh, shortwave, it's, uh, uh, it's in there. Uh, so just got back from uh, hamvention. And uh, I think i got a sore throat, sore throat and a headache. Mm. Hope it's not COVID. Maybe it's not. Anyway, uh, so uh, I'm going to be fighting kind uh, <clears> of <throat> a little uh, sore throat here tonight. But uh, I think we can make it. We're going to have some fun tonight. We've got some great guests on here with us tonight. And uh, first, uh, for you guys that did not go, that did not go up to Hamvention, Ham, uh, uh, F- uh, Let me give you a little taste of what it was like. So watch this right here. I think this is it. I think this is it.
1: Attention on the grounds. Attention on the grounds. We have a storm approaching that contains small hail and some cloud-to-ground lightning. There is a storm approaching with small hail and cloud-to-ground lightning.
0: All right, guys, all right so the that's what we dealt with all weekend. Small hail, winds, cloud to ground lightning, but hey, we made it through it, and there was some sunshine, quite a bit of sunshine. There was some rain each day, but quite a bit of sunshine, so we made it all right, and uh, you know, it wasn't quite. It wasn't quite this bad right here. I know. I know some people. Oh, that's not it. I know some people uh, had more fun outside in the flea market spaces. What do you think, Glenn? That looked like you last year.
1: Uh that looked like me back in 20. Yeah, yeah, the last
0: time. Yeah, yeah, that looked like here. Well, here, this guy here says he's he's uh, finally starting to miss Sahara Arena. Look at that.
1: No, I don't, because what people are forgetting is that Hera Arena parking lot was a lunar landscape, and it destroyed two pairs of shoes of mine within a six-year period. (laughs) So I'll pass. Well. And the shoes I wore this weekend, I actually, you know, came home with, and they were clean
0: yeah my uh i had some new uh tennis shoes and they kinda they kind of got a little bit of uh dirt and water on top of them, you know out there uh, Clean but,
1: markets were absolutely fine but i didn't get, yes, it I, rained. i didn't get in the mud <clears throat> it rained what thursday morning or Friday morning just a little bit and then it came down heavy what Friday afternoon i, mean, I don't know. And And then, then, or Saturday afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. Saturday, about three o'clock Saturday afternoon. But by the time five o'clock rolled around, it was already through. But you could see the skirts on that table.
0: What did it do Sunday? We left Sunday morning. We left Sunday morning. Was there any rain at all Sunday morning?
1: Uh, It did a little bit, I think. I think most of it had passed. Yeah. Um, I flew out at noon and it, it was already gone by then. Okay. Well, uh, we've
0: got some guests on here tonight. We've got, uh, from the CAP, the Civil Air Patrol, we've got some guests on here tonight. Captain Jim Harris, kf 5 TPT, and Colonel Bob Mims. Uh, let's, uh, let's see if the colonel's there. Are you there, the colonel? I am. Well, come on in here and say hello to everybody out there. Even folks. Good to be with you. Well, that's great now tell us where you are you're down in mississippi somewhere
2: well i'm i'm in oxford mississippi tonight uh it's my home uh okay it's all over the state though
0: all right well very good how about you jim jim harris come on in here kf 5 tpt how you doing tonight are you there uh jim you muted there we go Get the mute off
3: yeah if i got any better i'd probably get arrested I'm here in Olive Yeah, there
0: he is. Okay, we got you, you there. We got you in there now. Okay. Well, <laughs> I that? tell you, I tell you what. Uh, uh, neither one of you guys made it up to the Hamfest, did you? To to Hamvention, no. I guess.
2: Mm-mm.
0: We, you know what? I got you guys. We could have took the CAP plane up there.
2: Well, we might could. Yeah. You know. Now you got to realize. Now, I'm I'm a, my background is pretty much operations, both in the military mm-hmm. and the civil air patrol. But I'm smart enough to know that. Uh, communications are the backbone
0: of what I used to do. So, yeah, and we're we'll, we're going to talk about that tonight and how how communications helps you guys and also yeah.
2: well uh, can't do without it.
0: I think you're you might even want to recruit some uh, some of these uh, communications people that we have out there. Well, look, yeah. hey, let's uh, let's let's just jump right into the Civil Air Patrol uh, and um, find out and let everybody know out there everything about the CAP and I'll just throw it over to you guys. I don't know uh, uh, who's going to start or what you got, but I think you got some pictures and stuff. So.
2: Well, I've got some pictures if I can make it work.
0: Yeah, you'll do it. You'll do it. I don't know. I'm going to get this uh, off the screen.
3: Oh, you did it on the rehearsal.
2: I did it in the rehearsal, and now I can't do it in the, on live. i trying to figure out how to...
3: Up there at that slide show up there at the top. <clears throat>
2: Oh you can see that right there? I can yeah. see
0: it. Yeah. Very good. So all you gotta do is open it. There you go. There you go. Now can you maximize? there you go? I got it. Uh, I mean, oh I mean that's I, me. I, let me adjust it just a little bit because it's all bigger right. than my screen here. Well Not sure if I'm gonna
2: be able to get it all in there or not. Well you get about two thirds of it. We're good. Well,
0: I think we're okay.
2: We'll see how it goes. Sure.
0: All right. Well, go ahead, Colonel Mims. Let's talk about CAP.
2: Well, let me. I want to thank you for letting me have the opportunity. Both Jim and I. Uh, you know, we've got we've got people operating volunteers all around the country. So, if you've got folks on the all around the country listening to this, uh, I would encourage you to listen good take a hard look at civil air patrol because it's it's not something that uh, is well advertised we tend to go about doing our volunteer service in the background making things happen kind of focused on uh, serving our communities locally and uh, responding to whatever goes wrong and saving lives and then uh, shaping futures for our young kids so uh, we've got a wide variety of missions and and all of them involve communications in one way or another including a dedicated mission for it. So, a little bit about who we are. It's, it's a congressly chartered nonprofit. Uh, we're all volunteers. Technically, we're an auxiliary of the Air Force. So, uh, when, when we're called up, we don't, we don't get paid. Uh, we don't uh, fall under a typical Air Force Reserve or Air National Guard type of funding or obligation. We just volunteer. To go help out, so uh, it's kind of a neat little niche that we have to uh, do some serious work. Got a long history. The uh, Civil Air Patrol was formed back before World War II, as part of the Defense Civilian Act. But we don't—we no longer have a civilian defense role, but we're still in business. And uh, back during the war, we're literally, we were out looking for. Uh, German U-boats, uh, shipping, uh, survivors of uh, shipping, anything that was offshore from the United States. And then we got into training military pilots, and one of the uh, first squadrons was right here in my state, down in Singing River Squadron in Pascagoula, Mississippi. So our particular wing here in Mississippi goes way back. So after the war, we kind of evolved a lot. And now we've expanded to do a lot more than just coastal patrol, even though that's something we still do. Uh, we've gotten into a lot of aerospace education, which now has a huge role in the Air Force because we're really trying to educate our young people today about the value and need for them in the edu- in aerospace world of the future. There are critical shortages in all fields, all kinds of uh, aviation-related businesses. Because we're into youth programs and then emergency services where, you know, the calm really gets serious for us. Uh, It's all Uh, volunteer-driven. We're pretty much summed up by our mission statement and vision statement. Volunteers, that's nine words, really hammers home exactly what we are. Volunteers serving Americans, communities, saving lives and shaping futures. So the missions are, are really organized around that. As you can see, we're we're a lot of volunteers, 56,000 members around the United States. Uh, largest single fleet uh, of Cessna and uh, single-engine aircraft, ladders, balloons, drones. we got 2,200 drones and uh, a lot of... Uh, pretty high, highly sophisticated uh, uh, aerial mapping and video capability. And then we run a uh, one of the few kind of defense related uh, nationwide HF networks, because it doesn't do any good to go out and respond to disasters when all the communications are down and you don't have any way to talk to anybody. So We'll roll in with uh, uh, mobile comm units and be able to get that information back to the folks that can use it and make the plan. So, here are our core competencies right here focused around uh, aerospace education for not only youth but uh, senior members. Uh, we run a lot of youth programs. Uh, we start kids <clears throat> at 12 years old, and they can stay in the cadet program right up through 21. And then, of course, become a senior member. But when I say senior, I don't mean old, I just mean over 21. And then uh, emergency services on the right there, search and rescue, and then communications is right there at the top of our responsibilities, and a lot of other things that the, are really a loc- worked around the, uh, the uh, responsibility as an Air Force auxiliary. Uh, In the aerospace education, we do a lot of work to align ourselves with the educational uh, academic standards. So we provide schools and teachers with lesson plans and STEM kits all for free. There are 21 different STEM kits to uh, help anybody from uh, pre-K through 12 with uh, the kind of math, science, engineering, technology stuff that uh, are really going to make them successful in the future. And it includes COM STEM kits, too. So, uh, we are all into uh, the, the youth. And that's, you know, that's where we, as a, as a rule, that's where we make the greatest long-term impact. Every year, we save countless lives through uh, rescue and search efforts. And, uh, of course, those are one-off individuals and, and you know, it certainly wouldn't have lived without us. But when you talk about what we're doing for the youth of our country, you know, you're creating differences that last a lifetime. So, really, one of my focuses as the Wing Commander in Mississippi is to reach as many youth as we can. So, uh, we perform uh, an awful lot of search and rescues. Basically, we're involved in about 90 percent of what goes on in the United States. We have a a tremendous uh, cell phone forensics and radar analysis group uh, that can locate somebody almost immediately. Uh, of course, with everybody having cell phones right now, uh, makes our work a lot a lot easier. We've got a lot of advanced search and rescue capabilities, uh, radio uh, locators, uh, And we run a lot of coastal missions now, like in Mississippi, each of the coastal counties. We run missions on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday night late evening just of just looking for stranded boaters you know tied back to our original missions uh in the in before the war uh we were of course you know the big deal it probably makes the most publicist publicized or you know a response to a disaster a flood uh, hurricanes earthquakes tornadoes things like that uh including tsunamis because we're out, out on the uh, both coast and in hawaii too uh but all of these have to be supported by communications. And uh, so we, we maintain a really robust communications group. Uh, Jim's really the kind of the heart of that in my wing here. Uh, and and a lot of networking. He's on nets all the time. And Jim is more of an expert than me. Uh, I'm the operator that uses it. You know, I'm, I come from a C-130 background. I think Tom and I were talking, uh, In the 69, 70, uh, back when C-130s would go across the pond, and if you didn't have HF capability, you weren't talking to anybody. So I fully understand the value of being able to talk to folks. And, you know, from what I can tell, you know, HF, except outside of your world, in the ham world, was kind of going by the wayside. We started, you know, relying on uh, satellite communications and, uh The internet and and we started letting that capability go away and the military has looked towards cap now to really uh beef that up and and create a capability that uh really serves the country well in 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 case of a national disaster because you know you have a hurricane the first thing that goes down are all the cell towers and then the power and so, if you don't have a mobile capability with a self-contained power supply, you're just out of calm. And so, that's what they're looking at us to do. Just in Mississippi alone, we have two mobile units, fully capable, all types of communications. And, of course, in normal times with full power, we run a VHF uh, network of repeaters throughout the state so we can talk to each other. So, uh, here's just the impact by the numbers. Just uh, on typical year, and we we save a lot of lives, <coughs> and the return on investment is pretty much incredible for what the government spends on us. Because basically we work for not we work for nothing. Uh, we fly the airplanes, run the com. They provide us with terrific equipment. The aircraft the first class. We're upgrading all the com now. If we haven't already done it, and uh, just a great organization to work with because you really get. Uh, a good high tech set of equipment uh, that's uh, ready to serve. So we're mostly about people. Uh, you know, it takes a it takes you said fifty six thousand volunteers, and uh, it takes all of us to make this thing work. And we serve our communities daily. Uh, we have units all over the United States, and we always have a need for communicators. Uh, there's different capabilities depending upon the location. Uh, and, I mean, you know, if, you're, if you're in the heart of the United States, you're not too worried about uh, a devastating hurricane which takes out everything, but you're certainly wor- worried about the tornado that rips across your state and takes out uh, a large swath. So there's a role everywhere. We vary a little bit between the states. Each state has its own wing. Each wing is divided into local squadrons. And in Mississippi, we're north to south, all the way from uh, DeSoto, which is just, just south of Memphis, all the way down to Pascagoula, Gulfport on the coast, and everywhere in between. So, regardless of where you live, of course, we'd love for you to join in Mississippi, but if you're halfway around the country, you know, I'd like to see you take the opportunity to check us out, uh, look at the opportunities that we offer for volunteer service, Um uh, you, you'll get a good, warm, fuzzy feeling, whether you're uh, saving a life or or impacting the future of our country. So there's so many different ways to serve and uh, and make a difference. It's, it's unbelievable. Uh, so I, I really appreciate the opportunity to chat a few minutes about it. I'm kind of pushing my time limit right now. If you want to find something more about CAP, two ways to do it really quick. QR code in the bottom right hand. If you click on that, it'll take you to a website called GoCivilAirPatrol.com. Really simple. We don't make it hard. And that'll give you just a world of information about what we are, where we are, what we do, and how to join, which is the key there. Uh, We'd love to have you. So, uh, I don't know if I got time to answer questions or address anything else you uh, uh, want to bring up, Tom, <clears throat> but uh, I've enjoyed kind of presenting a little bit. This is about a short of an elevator pitch that I can make on CAP. Well, yeah, you know, let's talk I, a little you about gave me it. a couple of hours. I can roll on forever. Yeah, let's uh, appreciate it.
3: One of the, I'd like to, to, to point out something, uh, too, about the programs for the kids, uh, the 12 to 18 year olds we have got programs that will get a kid 16 year old as pilot's license in fact we've had two of our cadets solo at the age of 16 two of them got their pilot's license at the age of 17 and we have three cadets now attending the air force academy one on the way and one cadet attending the naval academy at annapolis so there's plenty of programs out there for the kids, and that's what it's all about. It's about these kids. Well, oh, the so, interesting
2: thing about it, they're involved in everything we do. Uh, yeah. Like our big drone program, you know, we, we qualify these guys as young as 12 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, they can't have a 107 license, which is you know, a qualified mission drone pilot, but every drone team has three people. An observer, a pilot, recorder, so it takes a little just like in an airplane where you fly with three people. Mm-hmm. fly a drone with <clears> three people. So. There's a role for them no matter what. And what Jim was talking about with the flying business, the Air Force is working through us as the auxiliary to get young people involved in aviation and to try to meet the aviation needs of our country in the future because there is a critical shortage, both in the commercial side and in the military side. And so we offer the opportunity to get you know if you you do everything if you fill the requirements are a good kid working hard you can get your private pilot's license paid for
0: that's that's and there's no
2: commitment to get that either so yeah it's uh some wonderful opportunities opportunities that uh most kids never even dream about much less have or take advantage of so
0: so hey bob tell me how many people does the mississippi wing have
2: uh, we have about, just just under 500 people 500. That's down from a high of around 700 pre COVID. Uh-huh. And, uh, we've grown about 20, <clears throat> grown back about 20% of our membership. Oh, in the last year, kind of semi post COVID. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah. yeah, now there are a lot, we're, we're not the smallest wing, but, uh, we're yeah, spread out
0: yeah. pretty good. So uh, I, I see my son in a chat room. Of he, he, the, uh, he he was in the he he was in a CAP uh, last century. That was my son. Uh, I don't remember now. Uh, was there any fees up front for people? Uh, you, you provide uniforms and everything, or is there any cost that uh, a a person has to pay? Sure.
2: Um, kind of let's, let's take the cadets first. Uh, if you join as a cadet. There's a, I think it's what, $30 a year, Jim. $35 a year. $35 a year. Okay. And uh, they get on a, a small initial uniform allowance that they can use to purchase uniforms through Vanguard. Uh, we typically wear an Air Force uniform, uh, blues with, uh, the kids love that. And we have, we're in uh, ABUs now. Uh, it well, does cost a little bit. It's not like a junior ROTC where everything is paid for. Yeah, uh, but we do our best to keep it to a minimum. Right now, it's very in it, very inexpensive because we're taking Air Force hand-me-downs as they transition to a new uniform. So basically, for cadet, were to join now in Mississippi Wing. You're probably going to get it almost for nothing.
0: Yeah. Now, okay. So, senior
2: members, we have, but uh, we wear both Air Force style uniform. And we also have corporate uniform. I've got on a corporate shirt here. Oh, okay. You know, gray slacks with a uh, little blue knit shirt. Yeah.
0: Well, the, the uniforms have changed a lot over the years. I, I guess, yeah. hey, if I joined today, could I? Could I wear? I mean, I've got some clothes up in the attic. I mean.
2: Okay, so your four button uniform is is out of date.
0: Oh, out of date. You know what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm gonna have to upgrade then, right? I'm gonna have to. I have to upgrade. Now come. Okay. If your uniforms are stored
3: in a dark place, they have a tendency to shrink because of being <laughs> in the
0: dark. Well, mine, mine did shrink. They, they it, really, did. it did? Yeah, mine did too. Yeah. Now,
2: I, honestly, I'm still wearing, when I retired in 2000, I retired 30 years at uh, in the year 2000, April Fool's Day. I tried to call it a joke and stay in, but they wouldn't let me. Um, I was wearing the what then was the new style three-button Class A's. Uh, it's still in use. It still fits, and I'm still wearing it.
0: Wow! Uh, you're now, doing it, good.
2: My it my BDUs are starched and hanging up in the closet. So they're not authorized anymore. So
0: Jim, uh, the new uniforms—they may stretch. Then, if Bob's still wearing the same uniform after what twenty years? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well,
1: see, Tom, you're going to have to paint all your green ones blue. <clears throat> well, I've uh, got some, blue. I got blue. I got blue also.
2: Yeah. Well, now, yeah, it, but Tom well, and I, I got dressed with dress you weed know, fatigues and I, what we call
0: a 1505, which is the old yeah. khaki colored uniform. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, hey, yeah, that's cool. Now, hey, um, so, you know, back when you and I were young, uh, our, just about everybody yeah. our age, just about everybody our age served in the military. Just for one fact, there was a draft out there. And uh, most everybody our age served. But uh, so I, I don't know uh, how many uh, young people are actually joining, uh, you know, now. Uh, is there any incentive? I mean, if, they, uh, if they're if in the CAP for uh, four or five years, uh, does that help them when if they go into the military?
2: It does. Uh, very similar to the uh, junior ROTC program. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get a bump in rank if you enlist. Uh now, probably the, the biggest advantage is the experience you gain is, uh, let's just be quite frank about it, great resume stuff. Mm-hmm. If you if you want to go to college and get a scholarship and get into ROTC, which then leads to a, a commissioning as a lieutenant. So a lot of ways you can skin that cat and, and serve your country, uh, enlisted or as an officer. But the experience that these kids get is, uh, is, is based on a military format, not like boot camp, but uh, uh, the discipline, the structure uh, that, that they get, you know, like Jim told you about the uh, the kids we've got at the academies, those kind of stories are, are all across the country where a higher percentage uh, of the kids have some kind of experience growing up either ROTC or uh, Civil Air Patrol and I'll, I'll you know go the Boy Scout route to some kind of an organization which is structured disciplined responsible and yeah. uh, gives them that little bit of uh, different <clears throat> different lifestyle than just a kid uh, that, that doesn't have that at all so military recognizes that and uh, takes care of them
0: okay well I had uh, I had about Almost three years of ROTC experience, Army. But I didn't tell them when I went in. I just kind of, you know, I just let it go, you know.
2: You laid low. Well, you see, when we went to college, you had to be in ROTC for two years.
0: Uh, Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, uh, let's see, question. Uh, Do you guys ever have any kind of deployments where you bring these uh, uh, cadets in for a few days at a time, take them out somewhere, make them swing over mud puddles, uh, you know, crawl through culverts and stuff?
2: Uh, one of the things we do for them every year is run a summer encampment for about ten days. Uh, every wing's a little different. We uh, we utilize the facilities down at Camp Shelby, Mississippi, and then bring in uh, a lot of Air Force stuff. So it's academics, it's uh, physical training, uh, marching, of course, but leadership reaction courses, uh, a lot of outdoor activities that are that are. Focused on teamwork, uh, team building, leadership, problem solving. And so uh, it's, it's, it's like a leadership encampment. Uh, they, and they're actually required to go do that to make a certain rank. So they can be a cadet, but to get the full cadet experience, we actually require them to go. So uh, it's a great yeah. experience. I mean, it's a lot of fun. Uh, they learn an awful lot. Yeah, I, I may have missed
0: encampment. it earlier. Uh, I, 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 you were talking about the C-130. Uh, mm-hmm. Are there any uh, joint uh, missions that the CAP uh, might do with the Air Force?
2: Yes. Where they get to uh, ride
0: on some of these planes and
2: well, go that, places? Oh, yeah. yeah. We, uh, think we're negotiating right now. Hopefully, we'll have a C-17 down at our encampment for them to go ride on. Uh, the Army's going to bring down a couple of Chinooks. And take them on a nap of the Earth ride, with the back door open, ramp and door open. So, those are usually exciting. Uh, it's it's to give them the kind of experience that if they even have a, a tiny little spark, to think about education, uh, we're going to ignite it, and uh, and and let it grow into a raging fire. I guess because uh, we just we need them so badly in, in aviation careers, not just pilots. But uh, anything associated with airplanes, from maintenance to calm to, to flying to engineering to, uh, well, if there's a civilian job out there, there's a military equivalent. So uh, serving in the Air Force is one thing, but you know, that's not, we're not recruiters. We just yep. encourage them to do something with their lives uh, productive.
3: Yeah, yeah, you mentioned got, you mentioned uh, into. you uh, remember the the Gulf oil spill a number of years ago? Yeah, we got involved in that. I flew for a week during that Gulf oil spill. And now, event the,
2: horizon lasted almost six months for us, Jim.
3: Yeah, but I, I was just down there for a week. Yeah, and mm-hmm. and also hurricanes. <clears throat> we get called out. I had to go to Tallahassee a couple of years ago to support the hurricane cleanup, and we get we get called out quite a bit.
2: Now those things we, we do it we work for a couple of different bosses. Once we're activated on a uh on a national level response, we'll work for MEMA, the Mississippi Emergency Management, our FEMA, or uh, our CAP active duty. So there are a lot of ways we say we're activated, but it's I, you know, I kind of go back to it's not like the National Guard activating. They just call us up and we go volunteer. And uh they put the gas in the airplane, I go have fun.
0: Well, you mentioned uh, the C-130 earlier. Uh, that was that was my airplane back back then.
2: Oh. Uh, Where were you stationed?
0: Well, I was in Altus, Oklahoma, for a couple years in the mob, and then uh, overseas uh, in uh, South Korea. But okay, uh, that was a cool plane. I mean, uh, we would uh, we we would fly in the back of the thing and i hey you know i found the coolest spot in that plane was to go back there on that tailgate and lay down right over that big crack you know where you can see the ground through it and lay down back there and it was really it was much quieter and much cooler back there now i'm i'm, I'm gonna tell you just the one little secret i hope maybe your cadets aren't listening but uh, if they ever get to fly on a 130 uh, maybe you guys have more discipline than we had but we would go on some deployments, and uh, the pilots would get the C-130 all trimmed out, and we would run to the back. A bunch of us would run oh, to the evil. back, and they'd have to trim it out again. And then we'd run to the front, and they'd have to trim it out again. So the plane was always kind of, you know, doing one of these things, you know. So cadets, if you're listening, you don't want to do that.
3: <laughs> Tom, did you get to fly in a 141 while
0: you were? You know, again? I never flew on a 141, man. I was a flight engineer on 141. were oh, you? Yeah. I tell you. I was amazed at the one thirty. I think that's probably one of the nicest, bestest airplanes. That thing is still flying today, I think. And it's they're still, still building today. them. It's amazing. Yeah. So. You know, that's the first plane I ever saw. We went, uh, we went somewhere and they reversed the props and that thing backed up. I'm yeah, thinking.
3: And they oh. had HF radios
0: too. Yeah, Two I'm thinking. You know, hey, this airplane can back up. That is, that is so cool, man.
1: Well, I got a couple of questions in the chat room there. Sure. and uh, I'm assuming this is uh, for the pilot side of things, and that's uh, our flight simulators at home—a good way to actually learn. Uh,
2: yes, as a matter of fact, they are uh, procedurally. Uh, they're 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 really good. In fact, in the Mississippi Wing, we've just bought a uh, couple of flight simulators. You know, you're not going to get in them and make them move. Can't afford anything like that, but we've got. You know, we bought some high-end gaming computers, and they, uh, all of our aircraft are clip- equipped with Garmin G1000s, which are basically glass cockpits. So uh, we've got them set up now with a nice little curve monitor. So you can go fly your instrument approaches. Uh, procedurally, You can, it's tactile. You can touch the controls, uh, turn the knobs, punch the buttons. So you can sit there in your uh, the calm and the quiet and do a lot of the repetitive things where you, that you need to do before you go fly because flying is still an expensive proposition. So you, you want to be able to focus on more important things than punching buttons and twisting knobs. You want to have that kind of into your muscle memory and your uh, procedures so you don't have to think about it. So from a, if you have the right kind of equipment, you know, it can actually benefit directly uh, when you go fly. Now, just for the average kid who has a flight sim or, or what is it, flight uh, X-Plane or a couple other commercially produced flight simulators, uh, yeah, they're not bad at all these days. The graphics can be pretty darn good if you've got, uh, especially if you've got a pretty good gaming computer, the visual is uh, Probably better than what I had when I was going through simulators in the C-130s the first time because we didn't even have a visual. So uh, they've uh, come a long way, too.
0: So. Well, uh, yeah. uh, uh, David here mentioned not only the 130, but the C-5A. And, of course, that was at Altus. I used to walk under it every Correct. morning when I'd go to work. I'd walk under that thing. and Wow. Uh, uh, when were you at Altus? When was I there? I was there in... Uh, uh, about seventy, seventy-one, somewhere near. I was there from eighty to eighty-four. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I'm not even sure the C five is still flying. I mean, is
2: it still out there or not? Yeah, yep. It's, yep. Is there are fifty of them still left on active duty. Good, cool. <clears throat> Roughly fifty.
3: I finally figured out how to keep the tires on them too.
0: <laughs> I heard a story once, this thing uh, back when it was new, and they landed at a uh, uh, you know a show, and they had all the dignitaries over there. And they landed, and 17 tires came off, and they rolled by the reviewing stand. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but, you know. Uh,
3: there there was one on the initial arrival at Altus, the first C5 that got to Al- Altus did a low pass, and one of the tires came off
0: yeah well, you know it had plenty of tires i think it had something like 34 or 38 tires so it had plenty of tires so you know i wouldn't worry about losing one or two
3: yeah it looked like a loaf, a bunch of ants carrying a loaf of bread across the yeah rim.
0: yeah yeah well hey this is exciting about the cap down there um, you guys are doing some good things down there and it sounds like a great opportunity for the youth here to to learn and get experience and to have fun too
1: you know while they're doing it and man and yeah, did we
3: mention we have HF radios?
1: Yeah, yeah, I heard you say that. You know, I got really lucky in my younger years. I was on site at Pratt Whitney Aircraft, Government Products, down in West Palm Beach, uh, doing a lot of jet engine research projects. But just down the road, they had the Sikorsky Flight Research Center, and they had one of those full blown simulators. And I got to be real good friends with the simulator maintenance chief and. I guess I ended up with about a thousand hours in the, in the helicopter simulator. And it was one of those full motion ones. So we'd go up every evening under the auspices of maintenance checks. So that was all right. A lot of well, fun way, way back then. <clears throat> We've got a, another question in the chat room and y'all are going to have to translate this one for me. Oops. Uh, you know, they saw me coming and canceled the draft, which is probably a smart thing, but, uh, well, AFR 35 10 be enforced? <laughs> that's probably a uniform. 30, 30, uh, hair it's 39
3: 1 now. If, if you wear the Air <laughs> Force uniform, yes. If you wear the corporate uniform, well, you can look like this.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's a trivial question. We uh, obviously referring to senior members, uh, we have senior members in all shapes, sizes, and colors. Mm-hmm. and uh, <clears throat> so we have both the Air Force uniform and what we call a corporate uniform so if you meet the Air Force height and weight standards in other words you look pretty decent in the uniform you are authorized to wear the Air Force uniform and the only difference is the, the rank is slightly different uh, We have, rather than a blue epaulette on, when you wear them it's a gray uh, there are a couple other little insignia things, but, you know, if you're not really into uniforms, you could mistake me from an active duty officer. Uh, but I don't wear that. In fact, I wear that very seldom. Uh, when I go places, I'll wear the corporate shirt, the blue shirt, uh, gray slacks. We have a tactical uniform, which is kind of a dark navy blue pants uh, with all the pockets that you fill it with anything you want, and a dark blue shirt, which is good for uh, basically a good utility uniform. Uh, So yeah, so you can have long hair and a beard and still belong and feel right in place. So uh,
0: how often do you meet and is there a requirement uh, that a person has to make so many meetings to be in?
2: Well, now meetings, uh, they vary uh, uh, as many different units as you got, you different schedules. In Jim uh, Squadron up there, the uh, Desoto Composite Squadron, the uh, the seniors meet on the first and the third Thursday of every month, and the cadets meet every Monday night. And they usually meet for an hour and a half to two hours, and it's it's a very structured. They you know some nights it's about aerospace education some nights it's about health and fitness some nights it's about leadership development we uh, are, are always running character development lessons uh life skills life lessons so uh everywhere you go you'll find a different schedule and on that uh link that i showed you or the go civilairpatrol.com if you want to find a unit what you do is you click on join, you're not going to commit anything, and you get to a place where you put in your zip code, and you say, tell me all the units within 100 miles of me.
3: And And it won't be Jimmy Walker or Joe Namath asking you for your zip code either.
2: No, that's correct. But, uh, yeah, nobody's going to harass you or even email you. You know, you you got to be, to get somebody to talk to you, you need to be proactive and actually ask a question. But what you do is you put your zip code in and find a unit near you and then click on it and it'll give you the meeting time, place, the squadron commander, the point of contact, how to call them and get in touch with them. And you just call them up and say, I'm interested. Are you still meeting at this place and this time? Uh, we keep pretty active uh, and updated databases. So uh, used to be accurate all the time. With COVID, you never know. so some units are still virtual and and, you know we have we have some members are still a little bit hesitant to come back in person uh, especially if they've got some serious underlying medical stuff so we still a lot of our units are doing uh, in-person meetings with a virtual option Uh, like i said we've gotten pretty good at it so uh, but yeah, yeah everybody's a little different there is remember Keyword here: volunteers. You give what you can. <clears throat> you give the time that you can, and we say thank you. And that's about it. You know, if you're if you're my age and you're uh, retired, kinda, and you volunteer to take on a job like I did, it cost me about four or five hours a day.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, Bob, uh, is, are, is there any other uh, email addresses or websites that? You want to throw out there for people to, if you're interested to get in touch with you guys?
2: Well, if you're in any particular state, uh, you can probably put in the two letter, I'm I'm guessing now, if you go on a way, if you're looking for a website and you don't, and we just want to shortcut it, you could probably put in the two letter identifier, your state plus WG at cap.gov.
3: Yeah, if you want. The uh, Mississippi, the DeSoto, uh, our, our website is ms096.cap.gov. Okay. Otherwise, he's going, he's going to, go to, go to recruit for control.
2: his squadron. So, but now, like for Mississippi, the I gave you the generic solution. So, Mississippi would be MSWG, <clears throat> that stands for Mississippi Wing at cap.gov. That'll take you to our statewide website. Which now has a, a link to all of the individual units all around right. the state. So okay, I'm and there's ke- a join button and all that kind of stuff. I'm going to key
0: this in right here. Uh, MS, what was that?
2: MSWG. WG. At cap.
1: Did you say? Go.
0: Did you say at? Well, that's at, that's an email, email address. I'm going yeah, cap, dot dot go. got, dot cap dot go. All right, let me yep. start over. MS. Yep. WG. WG. not CAP. CAP.
2: not gov.
0: Dot gov. Okay, there we go mm-hmm. right there.
2: So Tennessee Wing, for example, would be TNWG. There it is right there.
0: There it is right there. It tells you, you all about it, the units and members. Click on the units there. Yep. Okay. Help
2: my kids flying drones. Well, very good. A lot
0: of good information there. Yes, sir.
3: Those pictures that you saw there, that old gentleman, those are World War II veterans. One of them is 102 that we honored.
2: Look as healthy as I do. Yep. Yeah. They were amazing. Well, that's good. The DeSoto Squadron put on a really nice uh, shindig form right before Christmas. It was a great experience.
0: All right, they guys. Were- well, look. Hey, thank you so much for coming in here tonight and talking about the uh, CEP. You're welcome to stick with us the rest of the show if you want to, and, you know... I may do that. Whatever, just stay with us, leave whenever you want to. If it gets boring, uh, it's just up to you. But we thank you for coming in here and being with us.
2: Well, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Enjoyed meeting you, Tom. Appreciate the opportunity to talk about Civil Air Patrol.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Thanks for having us. We're going to
3: make Glenn Mm -hmm. our communications guru.
2: There you go. That's
0: good. Good luck with that. Let's get him... uh, (laughs) Let's get him... uh, uh, Let's get that mustache trimmed up, my hair cut, and get him in a uniform there. And we'll
1: hair. take him as he is. You guys keep talking about this stuff, hair. You yeah. Know? I mean, what is well, this? And we'll, we'll take you just like you are, man. All it's right. It's lucky you. Right. All right, guys.
0: Hey, thank you so much, man, for, uh, for being with us. So uh, we really appreciate that. And uh, Hey, come back any time, and uh, uh, we'll, uh, we'll do it again and talk about it again. Hey, uh, while we're at it here, the, the, the little cover for the show tonight was, uh, let's see, I had a picture here that uh, that I had posted out there. There we go. Hey, by the way, that is uh, Tony VK3YV there uh, uh, on the left side of the picture me in the center, and that's Brian VK3LF there on the right, and they're from Australia. They uh, they flew into uh California last week and drove over to uh, Hamvention here so uh, I got to meet him and see him and he's in the chat room tonight and uh, hey hey Tony it was great uh, great seeing you this weekend uh, there at uh, Hamvention man we had a good time there <clears throat> all right so uh let me see what can we talk about I'll tell you what let's do this we'll be right back everybody just stand by and we'll be right back
3: LDG Electronics provides state-of-the-art antenna tuners for every amateur need. From QRP to QRO, fixed stations, portable and remote, an LDG tuner will match your radio to your antenna using our lightning-fast proprietary tuning algorithms. LDG is a family-owned and operated company dedicated to bringing innovative, quality products to the amateur market. All LDG products carry a full two-year warranty that is fully transferable. Support is only a phone call or email away. We're always here to help you. Visit us on the web at
0: ldgelectronics.com. Be a Field Day leader with ICOM. Field Day is Ham Radio's most popular event, and it's just around the corner. It's June 26th and 27th. More than 40,000 North American hams come together to operate remotely. Contact with nature, contact with friends. With a powerful and high-quality ICOM base station, easily cut through the pileups to get that contesting edge. Our popular IC705 portable, the IC7300 and the IC7610 SDR transceivers are the clear choice for DXers and contesters across the globe. The IC705 is a perfect transceiver for hams who enjoy both the great outdoors and indoors Our field day. It's a portable package covering HF 6 meters, 2 meters, and 70 centimeters and is weighing in at just under 2 pounds. It has a 4.3-inch touchscreen with a live band scope and a waterfall. It runs 5 watts with a battery or 10 watts with a 13.8-volt DC power supply. Integrated GPS with antenna and GPS logger and the speaker microphone, the HM243 comes standard. The IC7300 is a high performance, innovative HF transceiver with a compact design that will far exceed your expectations. This innovative HF transceiver digitizes RF before various receiver stages, reducing the generated inherent noise in different IF stages. It has RF direct sampling, 15 discrete bandpass filters, a large 4.3 inch color touchscreen, in real-time spectrum scope. The IC7610 is the SDR every ham wants. This high-performance SDR has the ability to pick out faint signals in the presence of stronger adjacent signals. The ICOM IC7610 is a direct sampling, software-defined radio that has changed the world's definition of an SDR transceiver. It has RF direct sampling, 110 dB RMDR, independent dual receiver, and dual Digital select For more information visit www.icomamerica.com slash amateur all right guys we are back let me get that echo off there we go we're back do we have echo oh yeah you got now it we, now we don't have echo All right. Hey, uh, let me just take a moment here again to uh, say hello to all of our uh, listeners out there that might be tuning in on shortwave. You know, many of us were shortwave listeners, and that's how we got into hand radio. It's a great hobby, and we had a lot of fun with it uh, back uh, over the years. Uh, Send us an email to tom at w5kub.com. Let us know where you are in the world and how you're hearing the station on seventy four ninety. It's coming to you out of Monticello, Maine, up there. We're not a high power station up there. We're only running 50,000 watts, so we're kind of low power. But it does get out, and uh, I have actually taken some remote SDR receivers and listened to the show from uh, various different countries uh, from time to time. So uh, shoot us at the email and let us know where you are. And, and uh, just, again, everybody, hey, all the people that didn't hear my announcement at first, Please hit that subscribe button. We need you to hit the subscribe button right down there. I'm pointing at it right there. And uh, that will help us to advertise the show uh, to other people on the YouTube channels uh, right there. Um, So, um, hey, Glenn, just real quick, man. I I know you got your new radio. Uh, uh, Tell us real quick. uh, Take take, uh, take, uh, seven seconds or less. Tell us all about
1: your new radio. (laughs) Well, um, I am planning to retire here in a couple years, and uh, I decided it was time to get me that one radio that I've always wanted and just never seemed to have the time or the money for or whatever. So for the past year and a half or so, I have been selling off the other parts of the, the shack, and saving up my pennies and finally reached the point on this trip that the stars aligned and i said i'm going to do it and uh, went one more time over into the yesu booth and they ran me out uh left a little bit too much drool on the floor so they kicked me out so i went across the aisle there to gigaparts and uh, placed an order for the Yesu FT-101MP, and I went with the MAX package, which is all the bells and whistles and uh, filters and everything in the rig, and it arrived today. Um, it's, you know, 200-watt rig, um, pretty much near the top of the line for Yesu and uh I I had it on the table here a little while ago uh, while I was unpacking it, and the cat has already claimed it as hers, so we're going to have to figure something out there. But, uh, you know, that was just um, part of the fun of Dayton. Um, You could compare and see everything that you wanted right there. Um, And, I mean, one last trip through the various vendors and, and everything, and I said, that's the one i want so we went ahead and and pulled the trigger on that one now for huntsville uh we're gonna finish up the satellite side of the shack and we're going to be picking up the icom 9700 up in huntsville this august well
0: that's good i'm glad you got that new radio i know you've been wanting it for a long time there and um so people are asking what did i get what did i pick up you know well man i got some I got some cool things, man. I mean, hey, people, you know, I know there's a lot of people disappointed that we didn't webcast uh, Dayton this year. We didn't give away $10,000 in prizes. But it's been a lot easier on me. It saved me about three more weeks of work. I'd have been working the next probably five to seven days on getting the prizes out that you guys won. Uh, Plus, it's always very expensive, and I didn't get to look around. So this year, hey, the decision was made. We're going to just look around walk around we're not going to webcast live we'll show some videos on the show here we'll show some pictures we'll have different people talk about it so that's what we did this year and uh you uh, it, it worked out really well and hey this was probably one of the cheapest years that we've ever had going up there i think it only cost us like 1300 bucks total uh and uh you know, I'm thinking, Glenn. I mean, when we would webcast, it was costing us three to four thousand dollars every year up there, uh, which that was not a major problem. But uh, you know, I'm just thinking. You know, if I'm just thinking about a lot of people, what would they say, "Okay, I can spend thirteen hundred dollars and go to Dayton," or I can take that thirteen hundred dollars and buy me an IC seventy three hundred? and a uh power supply and an antenna so i don't know you know
1: it's it's kind of a matter of choice you know for me um i've got so much going on i mean i hit the ground running and i don't slow down until i catch the plane or drive home sunday uh and it was the same for me this trip i mean i got in thursday afternoon and i was over at the the qrp archie guys um so yeah, you could save the money and buy equipment, but I think there's a lot to be said for the social experience of meeting all of your friends. I, I don't know if he ran over to you. I'm sure he did, but Papa Doc was there, so got to talk with him. I for saw, a
0: while. I saw Papa Doc. In fact, he's in the chat room tonight. We'll say hi, Papa Doc.
1: Yeah. Had a good time talking with
0: him. I saw so many people. So many people came up to me. Uh, We gave a uh, presentation in the uh, Pico Balloon Forum. I did that on Friday. But we had so many people come and talk to us. And, uh, well, maybe that's why my throat is so sore. Maybe we talked the whole time. You know, people say, okay, so you went up there. What did you get? I'll show you what I I got. I mean, I, I got a bunch of things. So here's what I got. Um. I picked me up a roller inductor. Look at that. Now, this th- this is larger than it looks. That thing here probably handle about 10,000 watts. And uh, it had a nice uh, dial on the front that uh, uh, is, you can you know, count the turns and so forth. So, yeah, I came back with that. And I came back with two other things. I came back with, look at this. I came back with some heat shrink. You finally got your heat shrink. I was getting <laughs> low. For I was getting low on heat shrink, but, hey, man, I've got enough now for a few more years here. Look at that. And then, hey, look. Anybody know what that is? I don't know why I bought this. My buddy bought one of these. I said, well, if he buys one, I got to buy one. All right. So this thing is a high-power laser. I don't know what I'm going to do with it. I can't shine it at airplanes.
1: Uh, okay. I was going to say, turn it on, and the cat will probably go so, through the computer monitor again. So this thing it. is, uh,
0: to keep people from uh, misusing it, you get keys with it. You have to turn it on with a key. So let me put the key in here. Uh-oh,
1: this is like, kind of uh, like, like the I'm nuclear gonna turn it, thing. I'm going to turn give, it on. I'm going to give you two keys.
0: Yeah, two keys. I'm gonna, okay, I turned it on. Uh, that's the, uh, <laughs> that's the uh, flux capacitor charging. All right, now so here it is, right here. Now uh, it is bright. I, I I tried it outside a while ago. I can see it about, I can see it about two miles away, and I just don't have anything further to aim at. But uh, <laughs> I might try to aim it at the moon one night. Uh, I, you're not going to see it behind. That's a green screen behind me, and this is a green dot. So if I wait, well, hey, wait, you you can't yeah, see. Yeah, you it. can see it. You you, can, you can't see it back
1: here. Yeah, but Is it's that bright.
0: It's not. It's not it almost much.
1: looks like you're putting a a dot. Yeah, it's not much. Yeah, let, let me put it on, put it on a, this microphone here. Yeah. It almost looks like you're adding a dot through, you know, yeah. graphics rather than so, a
0: real dot. There we go. I'm probably melting my melting my microphone there. Let's let's see. Now everybody out there, close your eyes. If it's aiming at the camera, close your eyes. I don't want to hurt anybody. I'll just
1: kind of sweep it past the camera there a little bit. Don't really even notice that the camera dims. Let's see. Yeah, you can see it. I
0: can't. I can't.
1: Yeah. I hope it doesn't fry some pixels.
0: Yeah. It does look like it burned so its eye. I think we're okay. You know, the, yeah. the newer cameras, the pixels and the cameras, do not they don't burn anymore like they used to. Uh-huh. But anyway, there it is. Uh, got me a got me a high-powered green laser and the thing is you're supposed to actually be able to see the beam uh not just the dot but also the beam I, i'm not sure i see the beam in here but uh maybe outside in maybe dark, outside little maybe i wouldn't dark so stuff yeah. got a battery here i mean got a got a couple of keys to turn it off to keep people from you know kids from taking it so okay well hey
1: that's what i got you know, I had uh, a lot of fun. I mean, I was bouncing back and forth between your booth and the AWRL booth and a couple others. And like you, I got to see a lot of my HamFest buddies, spent a lot of time hanging around Joe Eisenberg and uh, seeing all the cool things that he was buying and, <coughs> and looking at and doing. Um, you know, of course, uh, was over at ARRL uh, of course, signing and selling my books, and I met a lot of our readers over there, and uh, that was a lot of fun, and um, also got to meet with um, Dave Minster, the AWRL CEO, and uh, some of the other folks uh, as far as on, my, on the book uh, writing side, and we kind of fleshed out some deals and whatnot, and... Uh, Although it's not in permanent magic marker yet, it looks like there are going to be three new books coming out, not just one. It's mm -hmm. three, literally as fast as I can put them together. And ARRL may also um, start with a video series to introduce the material for those books. So we well, you a,
0: you keep getting books, and you're not going to get to use that new rig. I, you know, oh,
1: you watch. We will find uh, a way. I give
0: you look. I will give you five hundred dollars, it right now. Not right a spot. chance. That's hey, uh, hey, Bruce is in my a chat radio. room.
1: It belongs to the cats now.
0: Bruce is in a chat room, N7XQR, and he came up to me and was talking to me. First time I've, I think I met him in person. was talking to me, and I'm you know I'm talking to the guy, and you know I, he, he he knows me and. And and I, I seemed like I know him, but I, I wasn't sure who it was, and I find out it's Bruce N seven XGR there, and you know he didn't look like a typical Bruce. I don't know, you know, you know nobody <laughs> ever looks like nobody ever looks like they uh, they should look, you know, when you meet them in person there.
1: Well, you uh, know the one person I was hoping to see there that didn't come was Martin Jew.
0: Yeah, and, Martin uh, had Martin had to go to ballet.
1: Yeah, that's that's what uh, Richard told me yeah. is that Martin was at ballet.
0: Martin was at and, ballet. I
1: mean, you talk about you know, you know, a guy that's active. I mean, here he is at his age, and he's off doing ballet. I mean, yeah, yeah. the man's amazing. Yeah. Well, but uh, actually, I think it was his granddaughter's ballet it was. recital. It, it that was that. Was it was and uh, <clears throat> you know, more power to him. And uh, we missed him. But, uh, you know, that's the one thing about Dayton, though. It was, it was close enough in terms of everything. I don't know if it uh, – I heard on one side that it had first-day attendance records, but I judged by the line at the food court, and I'm not sure. It's probably about – you know, but the crowds were there, the people were there, and it felt like Dayton – you know, so it's just good to, to have all that bad stuff behind us to start moving forward with Hamfest again.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: so a couple of things
0: went on there at Hamfest. We we couldn't, after the balloon form on Monday, uh, Friday we couldn't launch the balloon. The weather was just terrible there. And the winds were like 30 miles an hour all the time. So we tried, we were going to try Saturday morning. It still wasn't a very good time to launch. Uh, there was a lot of storms in the area, but... Uh, a lot of the guys wanted to launch anyway, and I thought, okay, this is pretty much going to be a suicide flight, but we launched anyway. So we launched one Pico balloon uh, uh, Saturday morning, and uh, these are APRS balloons, so they don't have the 34-foot hanging below them like we do in our Whisper balloon. So um, we launched it, and it actually took off, and it missed uh, the flagpoles and the trees and everything pretty much and went up. So... We said, okay, well let's, let's try to launch our Whisper uh, balloon. Maybe it'll maybe it'll make it. So we uh, about thirty minutes later we came back out there to launch our Whisper balloon and uh, oh boy man, it didn't go up hardly, you know. It it's it hugged the ground, it drug across the concrete, it it, it wrapped the flag pole it stopped to get lemonade before it took off. <laughs> and then it took then it took off and went in the air. Now, okay, so um, so that was that morning and they said well you know we were going to launch three in total so let's go ahead and get them ready so at noon it was the clouds were looking really bad but we launched the third one at, at about noon time and uh we ended up one of them is still flying the the last two we launched uh they came down but uh we're still flying right now um and it's gone to sleep now but uh we made a turn in Washington, D.C., and we went down to uh, uh, Dom Rep in Puerto Rico, and that's the last position we had tonight. But it's, uh, it's doing really well. It's flying at about 42,000 feet, and, uh, uh, you know, we're going to see how it does. That's using that new uh, experimental balloon that we found that uh, uh, is, is fairly inexpensive and, and flies very well. Hey, uh, so a couple things. Oh, hey, for people that missed it when it, when I, we first came on, uh, here here is here's a little excerpt from uh, from Hamvention. Listen to this. Let me see if I can let me see if I can cue this up here. Here we go. Listen to this, man. This happened a couple times. The weather report. Five minutes. Five minute warning.
1: Now watch the skirts on these tables blowing Attention around on the and they're indoors. Attention on the grounds. We have a storm approaching that contains small hail and some cloud-to-ground lightning. There is a storm approaching with small hail and cloud-to-ground lightning
2: that should make the grounds within the next 5 to 10
0: minutes. All right. So, yeah, the uh, Hey, it was cool inside there. We had a breeze through the building at that yeah, time. Yeah, that
1: was a real nice breeze for that little bit of time. Now, in all <laughs> fairness, that was like at about 3 o'clock on Saturday.
0: Yeah, um, it, that It did was rain
1: a little bit Friday morning, but not super bad. And the rest of the weekend, it rained in the evenings after um, the ham fest had closed for the day and you know the next day it was bright and sunny up until three o'clock saturday afternoon so it was not horrible weather the whole trip in fact it was rather the opposite it was bright and sunny for a large percentage of the time yeah, so yeah. it was it was good typical dayton weekend
0: well and you know the thing about it too is the i saw a comment about mask in the chat room uh, almost nobody was wearing a mask. I mean, the country has now, I think we're back to living life again. Uh, I don't think things are as contagious or as bad as they used to be. Uh, guys, we're going to have to start treating some of the stuff like the flu, you know, or, or, or you know, chicken pox or whatever. I mean, you know, hey, you're going to get something someday, but, you know, you got to go on with your life. And, uh, hey, it was really nice to not be able to have to wear the mask all the time. And I, I saw very few people. I i man, it may yeah, have been now, it may airport, have been I don't even know was, if one in a hundred were wearing a mask.
1: I'd say it's a little higher than that. I, I would so. say it was probably one in ten. No, nah, uh, no, nah, man. At the airport it was probably ten to twenty yeah, percent wearing
4: yeah,
0: masks. Yeah. Well, hey, we took the uh, helmet cam, it was in a uh there in our booth, we put it in a uh, uh glass uh uh trophy case. Uh, a lot of people came by and looked at it there. And uh, we did see. Uh, let's see what else we got going here. Uh, hey, here, just we'll look at a couple pictures here. I've got. Uh, um, did, did you have a chance to edit up that interview that we did? Oh, uh, I I've got it here, but it's really long. Okay. Uh, with it, it's in a video uh, of a lot of other things, but uh, we do have it, and we, we can run that one night here. Oh, uh, let's see what we got here. Hey guys, look! Hey, there was my first. Uh, there was my first uh, novice receiver right there. Look at that! I should have bought that thing. I love that receiver. That one is really in good, good condition what right there. The That's what? a The Helicrafters. That's a Helicrafters SX140. And if you notice, the okay. bands are full handbands. bands. That's 80 across the top, 3.5 to 4. You know, in a lot of radios, your handbands band's about a quarter of an inch long, but. Uh, yeah. Uh, on that radio there, each of those uh, spans across was uh, a ham band that even had six meters on it right there, uh, which I used back uh, in the early '60s. Um, so yeah, I got me uh, I got me another roller inductor. Uh, It'll handle probably five or ten thousand watts. It's pretty big. You can't really tell how big it is there.
1: So now you got to build yourself a new amp. Uh,
0: no, I've I've got an amp that I can use on it. So. Uh, uh, you know, just I like playing with the antenna tuners and stuff, and uh, uh, we'll uh, we'll have some fun with it there. Let's see. Uh, let's go to some pictures real quick. Tell you what, let's do. Uh, let's open the phone lines, and I'm and, and I will continue, guys. Uh, let's officially go to the after the show show. Let's do that. Okay. Hey. Amateur Radio Roundtable is over with, and hey, we're now in the after-the-show show. This is a really informal part here, and what we're going to do, we're going to invite anybody and everybody who wants to come in and join us on Zoom can come into the show here and join us. So let me, get, um, let me get the Zoom link, and I will post it here for everybody. We're not going to open the phone lines this, tonight, but uh, I could, but we're not going to do that. We're running a little late tonight. All right, here we go. There's the, um, here's the Zoom link. If you guys want to join us, click on that and join us. And uh, we're going to continue with some of the, uh, we're going to continue with just some pictures that uh, have been provided here. Uh, and these pictures are provided to us by uh, logan uh, uh rickard and he uh, posted links to them they're all uh, uh i guess licenses common license where you can share these if you like but uh um just a lot of different things going on there i mean here's hey look at this guy here he's uh, learning i think how to solder and build stuff that's kind of cool and uh Jump in here, uh, uh, Glenn, any time you want to, if there's anything. Hey, here's uh, – uh, what's her name? Uh, is, it, uh, is it Kristen? I forget the name. Uh, she is in our group here, and uh, uh, she
1: always puts her hair up
0: in an antenna tower, and uh, uh, she actually transmits on two meters, I think, from the. Her. I was going
1: to say, those are actually – Two meter elements, yeah, up yeah. up on the tower.
0: Yeah, from her uh, from her uh, hair tower, she does transmit there. So that's kind of cool there. Uh, let's see. Hey, this is outside the ice cream place, right here. I think that's right near the ice cream place, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. that has got oh, the old hit and, miss. That hit and miss, engine. That's, the guy that, that has hit and and on miss that thing. engine running there. Yeah, that is yeah. just cool as can be. A lot of people were uh, uh, really uh, really trying to. To uh, eat the ice cream up here. I don't know where this is. It looks like it's in a, a, a car or a van or something. I don't know. Lot it, see, I didn't do these pictures, so I'm not sure what they all are. There's a go box. Looks like he's got an uh, HF rig and a couple uh, VHF, UHF rigs in a go box. Pretty nice setup in the van there. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's probably the, maybe that's the Salvation I don't know if that's the Salvation Army or not. Yeah, that was Salvation Army there. they got a pretty good setup if it is, you know. And now we're out in a flea market
1: there. I'm not sure what all that is. Yeah, the flea market had a lot of stuff. Just nothing (coughs) that I had to have this year. Yeah, same with me. You know, a lot of good (coughs) stuff. I enjoyed looking through it all, but I think I bought a handful of piece parts, and that's about it out there.
0: Yeah. So there's going to be a lot of people in these pictures. I do not know who they are, and maybe some of these people in the chat room know the, know who they are. So, uh, guys, if you see somebody in here that you know, uh, throw their name out there.
1: Uh, yeah, and Tony's talking about the food. The food, uh, I went with some different stuff <clears throat> this year, and the food was fabulous this year. I, I really enjoyed the, the food court out there this year.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, hey, here's uh, here's one of the forum rooms right here. They had three different forum rooms. Uh, We had a good turnout in the Pico Balloon Forum Room. Uh, More people at one of the forums. Not sure who they are. There's Josh. Everybody, Everybody might know Josh here. He was there. We got to see Josh for a minute, but he was so busy, and we were busy talking to people. We hardly had time to spend any time with each other. Yeah, I ran into Jason a couple times. Jason was uh, had a table next to us here.
1: Uh, and of another, course, uh, Ron, K9ID and the Gold Medal Ideas place. Uh, let me <clears throat> tell you what, the hats and shirts and everything were selling. Ron was busy the entire weekend.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, he, he said they did some great business here. Uh, you know, hey, the uh, uh, Ham Fest uh, provided uh, transportation. If you bought a boat anchor, you could throw it on there and it would drive you to the car, I think. So that was uh, pretty neat, too, yeah. you know. Uh, I think this I is the gate. Was this was running gate. one of those um, yeah. parts. This is a gate. When they opened it up, people started coming in here. Uh, oh, it
1: was phenomenal. I, I didn't have one of the early entry badges like you. I'm not that important. Um, but they literally had the line <clears throat> out back to where the buses dropped you off oh, and yeah. looped back around. There were that many people waiting to get in the gate. I, I may
0: o'clock. have a picture of that here somewhere. I know I took a picture was of that. It was Really, really long. Uh, it was some of the old boat anchors uh, uh, out there.
1: Uh, I love looking at these old radios. Yeah, you know, there's some beautiful ones out there. I don't know who that is. One of the gentlemen at uh, the QRP archie <clears> event <throat> over in uh, Fairborn. Uh, they have a homebrew night, and he had actually taken a World War II spy radio and built his own from scratch and, you know, duplicated the thing. And you are talking an absolute work of art. It looked like they had just opened <coughs> the box in 1940-whatever yep. on that thing. There absolute we go. Gorgeous. We got some,
0: uh, nice, there's a Dentron tuner, and it uh,
1: looks like a uh, MFJ, MFJ tuner there in the bottom. I mean, an
0: amp over there. Yeah dummy load yeah cool cool maritron amp yeah not sure what it looks like Maybe handy talkies you find handy talkies anywhere uh i don't know which receiver that is but uh hey uh, that's the, the old receiver bro. i like it yeah i like that one so you can see right there it's not muddy that's either before or after one of the rains and uh uh, That's
1: about it, as worse as it got. You could see, you know, some bare spots and some spots that had wheel ruts in them, but yeah. not very much. And it was, the ground was solid. If you so had grass, if you had
0: grass under you, you were in pretty good shape because it wasn't rutted up. Now, if you walked much on the racetrack, uh, that was a little dirty, but it wasn't muddy. So
1: No, it wasn't wet. Was it cool was there. just sand.
0: Yeah, hey, I mm-hmm. like this. This is a Heathkit 6-meter amp. I, I, I don't even remember them making that, but it's a 6-meter uh, kilowatt yeah. amplifier. Uh, there's a nice-looking amp. I see the blower motor on the side there. Yeah, there's a Drake uh, right next Drake, to it.
1: Yep, Drake there. A lot of Drake gear there <clears> this year. Yeah. Uh,
0: again, it was hot out there. You know, these guys brought their tent tops, and that, that helped. It was hot. It was a scorcher out there.
1: Yeah, it, it got to the point that, you know, it was rather warm. And, of course, you know, once that storm came through Saturday, yeah. Sunday morning was almost jacket <clears throat> weather.
0: Yeah, it was hot uh, Saturday evening. It was hot there. And then at 5 o'clock, that storm came through, and it dropped about 20 degrees just really fast. It felt even cool.
1: Yeah, and Tony in the chat room uh saying that you know, Dave Kastler was there. He was over with me at the AWRL yeah. booth. He now writes uh the replacement column for the doctor is in in QST.
0: I think Tony uh is joining us there.
1: Yeah. <coughs> there we go, uh, uh
0: got a uh bird watt meter. So uh, there was a. Uh, I took some pictures. A lot of birds. Yeah, I so. had a lot of birds and a lot of the uh uh what do you call it? The the, the slot, not the thing that goes in the slot. What do you call it? The, oh, slugs. the slugs. There was a yeah. guy that had a lot of. He must have had hundreds of slugs. Yeah. There we go. Uh, I forget his name. Uh, he's one. He's uh, one of the uh, officers there at Dara. Uh, he, uh, if he, you really can't make it out, but he has a tower on top of his helmet, and it's got a little crank there, and his tower will actually go up and down, and he can. <laughs> You can actually rotate the antenna up there. He's got a beam on top of it. Don't know who they are. Don't know. Not sure.
1: What do we that got? That may here? have been the uh, the laser and uh, yeah. the uh, maker folks that they had over there, Laserworks or something like that.
0: Yeah, you know, every now and then you can catch some good deals out there. This is some of the uh, uh, classic uh, keys and stuff, old keys, collectibles and stuff.
1: Yeah, Brett, there were quite a few IC 735s out there. I didn't see any of them that had the, the little plastic front piece over the equalizer, but there was, you know, a number of 735s out there this weekend.
0: Well, there you go. Let's take. It. We want. We got one mask. One, two, three, four, five.
1: One. One out of five. You may be right, Glenn. All right. Well, it was pretty much almost an age thing. You know, the younger <clears throat> yeah. folks in general would not wear masks. But once you got up near my age and and your age, I would say it was easily one in ten. Yeah. Looks like this is where the building, uh,
0: maybe the kit building, right here. That's probably one. Yeah, of that's kids. over
1: in the the youth building. Yep. Um, yeah. They would, they would have a whole lot of youth uh, projects and events.
0: So I wonder if it's work. Uh, I see you're putting the earphone up there. I wonder if you're getting anything. You know you know uh, uh, one of our, our, our co-host here when you can make it, uh, Martin Jew, uh, you know professor, uh, engineer, uh, owner of all these companies. Uh, he built a crystal set when he was young and he said he could never get it to work. I think he used the wrong razor blade back then, to <laughs> tell you the truth.
1: Yeah, you had to use those <clears throat> blued razor blades. Yeah,
0: yeah. To the, get the, it was a double-edged blue blade. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is, that, was, that was a tower, tower electronics outside. They also had a booth inside.
1: no oh, no oh the, i mean to me the whole weekend was a blur and i mean i would recognize the folks yeah but you know 10 minutes later i'd already forgotten them i mean like i say papa doc's one of the very few that i i totally remember through the whole weekend yeah well there's outside kind of that's, that's outside in a,
0: in a courtyard where all the food is out there and uh you can see it was starting to get a little activity out there. Weather looked pretty nice then.
1: Yeah, I had the Philly cheesesteak <clears throat> on uh, Friday, and it was quite good. Looks like somebody got him a mast or
0: something here. don't know what that is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's an area out there where it had various bands and uh, uh, things set up. What, is it? what in the world is that? Did y'all hear
1: that? Did you hear that? I heard it. You know, you know, I don't know. Could it have been lightning outside? I don't know. If you were hearing the arc. I don't know, man. Hey. Uh, All right. Storms are supposed to be going through
0: tonight. Yeah. Oh, uh, I don't know, maybe that's before form. forum, not too many people there. Again, outside picture. On the con you know. You can see the wind was always uh, well, if, if, Flopping those flags.
1: You know, in the heat of the sun, that breeze felt really, really good. Yeah. It was only when the storm really got close that the winds picked up and it started feeling bad. But I tell you, DX Engineering had a huge, huge. They did. Here's a picture of
0: DX Engineering here. They had one fourth of the, I think, that that whole room down there, and they had nice carpet down, I think. And they had so many cash registers lined up. Do you notice that? Oh, yeah, and they I were mean, busy all they, the time. They, they were taking in uh, the orders, man. They were taking oh, yeah. in the
1: orders. Oh, there, there is no doubt.
0: Well, one thing about it, if you need to coax, it's about everybody brought coax.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, there, there was pretty much everything you could possibly want unless you're a little eccentric like me. And uh, I even had, had stuff, I mean... I had 17 pounds of weight allowance left in the suitcase <clears throat> and I did manage to find seven pounds of stuff. So, uh, you know, wow. I, I, and I bought several books, of course, so, you know, I had to get my book signed. So got Ward silver to, to sign the grounding and bonding book for me. And, uh, just, yeah. you know, met up a whole bunch of, of fun folks over there. <laughs> and, uh, the good the one thing i noticed throughout the whole weekend though is that everybody had a smile on their face it yeah, was pretty you know, much very pretty happy much. and you know you pretty, know very yeah. positive weekend in spite of the weather and everything
0: here's a, a vibral i've got a vibroplex like one of those down here on the bottom row uh
1: yeah papa I, doc is mentioning uh, someone fractured an ankle yes uh one of the ladies in <laughs> Tower Electronics slipped, I believe, and um, she's going to be okay. But, yeah, she slipped and fell and, you know. Well, there were there
0: were a few accidents. Our friend uh, James Lee, uh, his daughter yes. was pushing him in a wheelchair, and they went through a door, and it had a, uh, a notched out place at the door, and she dumped him. Now, he's had both legs amputated.
1: Oh, I did and, not and know that.
0: that you didn't know that. He said both le- uh, both legs amputated. Oh, yeah, I, I talked to him
1: for a good time.
0: So he gets dumped out on the concrete out there. They had to get the EMT to help get him up. He thought he had broke a leg out there. But, uh, so there was a few people that, you know, um, tripped or fell or got hurt.
1: But, I've you got know, a viral James place. made it the whole weekend. He, yeah. I mean, it was really good to see him there. He was in <clears throat> really good spirit. Yep. I talked to him for probably a half hour. Yeah. And... Uh, you know, got the whole story and it's amazing the man is here with us but he I was know. really upbeat and positive and it was just so good to see him there
0: oh yeah well he uh, it was a miracle he was on life support in, in a coma for over a month yeah. hey here's RNL RNL electronics you know they're from uh the south of yeah the RNL girls were there this year there we go uh, yezu uh rotor controller yeah, there's Yezu there. I, I, hey, I picked me up a Yezu hat.
1: I, I did, too. Yeah, I got me a hat. And uh, it was, you know, <clears throat> good old Yezu. I mean, I love their area. Hey,
0: if yeah. we look close, we might find your radio here in a minute. You might
1: find my radio, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, that looked like the 991 there. Nope, you skipped right on past my radio. No, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't skip it yet, I think. Well, you know what yeah. I didn't realize until the Orlando Ham Fest is that the FT one hundred and one series has actually got a video monitor port on the back of the rig. Yeah, for an external display, and yep. uh, I was just well, that, I was telling, what I was telling deal for me in Orlando,
0: I was telling people in the chat room that was asking about the seventy six ten I've got. You can put a monitor on the back of it. Yeah. The yeah. 7300 you cannot, but the 7610 you can. Here's a here's a group here that actually uh, made yeah they had plates front
1: panels for the alpha linear for the alpha stuff.
0: amplifiers right there. They didn't, they didn't have my alpha 86, but my, there's nothing wrong with my panels, so yeah. I didn't need one. But well, you
1: know, TenTech was there and they mm-hmm. had some good stuff. So that yeah. was you know the the revitalized TenTech. Yeah, so that was kind of cool to see them. Those look like tuners, antenna tuners. LDG, yeah. Bigger parts. Yep. Yeah, I bought me an LDG, LDG tuner for this thing as well. Oh, did you? Okay. Yes, cool. sir. Well, the, what the what is water. this?
0: This is a Yeezy rig. This is not yours, is it?
1: No, that may just be the standard 101. It doesn't have the monitor. Okay. All right. Well, that's the 101D.
0: Okay. I tell you, that looks like a lot of radio right there. The, that's that's oh, the 101. Yes, sir. That, no.
1: Is that similar to yours? That's, I believe that's the 10 oh, that may be the 101 MP. Yeah. Yeah, there's a monitor on top. That is the MP. All right. And I've got the speaker coming tomorrow for it. Oh, you went all out,
0: man. You get the speaker, so that here, is right? didn't you?
1: Just about what I got. Yeah. Well, I bought the uh, 101 MP Max kit from Gigaparts and I mean, that's everything you see there except the monitor and it's got all the filters and bells and whistles inside. It's got Every option you can get for that rig.
0: Yeah. Soldering irons if you need a soldering station.
1: Oh, I, that that guy has that tent there every year, and I probably spend more money in that tent really? than I do in the rest of the ham fest. <coughs> oh, look at there, man. Look at there.
0: There's yeah. the trophy case there. That was so there.
1: cool to see that hat there in the case. 20
0: years ago, 20 years ago uh, we broke the helmet cam out and started uh, webcasting hamvention. I'm not sure. This must be, uh, this is the embroidery. This must be uh gold medal right here. Yep. I call 705. Not sure what that is. Maybe a repeater.
1: Yeah, looks like a repeater. Here's your 9, There's your 9700. There's my 9700,
0: yes, sir. So you're going to get you a 9700 now uh, for satellite? I'm going
1: to be getting it at Huntsville. This August, yes. You don't have a radio now that do satellite? No, I do not. I sold my 847 up at uh, okay. Collinsville, Illinois around the turn of the year in preparation to buy that thing right there. Okay,
0: that's cool. Well, I've got a TS-2000 that will do the satellite, but my rotors are stuck. i got to get my rotors down. That's there, uh, some mounts, I guess, for your mobile if you want to mount your radios. Yeah.
1: One thing I noticed in, the, in that a lot of the booths now is that they've got they're laying out the, the carpet squares and full size carpets out in the walk through area. Oh yeah, which makes it very comfortable. I mean, uh, DX Engineering had done it, and Yesu, of course, had done it, and uh, I think ICOM did it as well.
0: There's it, uh here this is Flex. You know, I'm thinking about it. Do I need to get me a Flex? What, is there any real advantage? I'm afraid that I might have a I might have a radio that gets a computer virus or something.
1: Well, <laughs> Just you know? about. Um, I have heard from Flex owners that it is, you know, God's gift to radio. Well um, I'm I sorry. Hear that. I'm a Yesu guy. The yeah. look and feel of the MP uh, and the Yasu one oh ones and the the F T ten, the nine ninety one, that's my kind of radio, but the Flex people, they're kind of like the Apple versus PC people of the day. Um, and it is the Apple, and people will fight you and kill you over their Flex.
0: Well, here's, uh, here's everybody trying out the Begali keys. Everybody was just sitting, see, they'd be like crazy. Uh, they they usually always donated a prize oh, for our, yeah, our Hamvention.
1: you know, wonderful
0: keys. They uh, donated a prize for Hamvention, but uh, we did not... Do it this year, so um, oh, maybe maybe next year. Uh, I think this is. I'm not sure where this is. This, this probably may, the ARRL lab. I was going to say this is at the probably the ARL lab right here.
1: Yeah, they had the full AWRL lab gang there. <clears throat> yeah. 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 And yeah. that was across the way at the uh, the training <coughs> education table. Back outside,
0: each of the buildings had names like Hertz Building, Maximum Hall, and so forth. That was kind of cool.
1: Yeah, I love the way they've named each Uh-oh. of the buildings. oh Who that? That guy shows up at every ham fest, and we just can't seem to get rid of him. Yeah. Normally, we keep him locked down at one table. That's though, right. So, you know, he kind of say Micro of
0: ATV. It, maybe I'm get an ATV again. I tried yeah, some ATV 50. That kind of fun. I tried some 50 years ago, but I'm just afraid there's nobody around here I can send a picture to. Yeah, there's
1: not a whole lot of folks around here. Yeah,
0: Yeah, we must be at MFJ right now. Yes, sir. Yeah. They got a lot of neat
1: stuff. Yep, yep. I love their their setup. They have just tons of good stuff. And I miss seeing that easy rotor control, but that's the problem with Dayton, is I may see something, and it doesn't register until I see it later and say, oh, somehow I didn't see that. Yeah. You know, I did have time to see everything this year. As a matter of fact, on Saturday, I just kind of chilled out for the last hour <clears throat> or two at the AWRL booth, and... Uh, because it's like, okay, I'm done.
0: All right. Hey, in the chat room, Bruce is talking about an Epsil. You know, the car, the Epsil. Yeah. Being a great car. Let me tell you something. I remember in 1959 or 58, we went to Memphis, and my dad bought a brand new Etsel. It was a cool car, man. <laughs> and uh, he, uh, he, he had it for many, many years until he passed away. Uh, uh, I remember coming back one time from, 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 uh, uh, from Florida, something was wrong with the carburetor and the car would not run less than 70 miles an hour. And we got stopped and we told the cop that it won't run less than 70, but he didn't buy that. He took us and three other cars to some little trailer out in the country. We had to pay a, uh, a justice of the peace right there on the spot, man. Isn't it it terrible? I think we're back at DX
1: Engineering here. Yeah, there's back at DX Engineering. Not sure what.
0: These signs are cool, these Plexiglass signs. Yeah, very nice sign makers there. Yeah. DX Engineering. Not sure what we're looking at. Some kind of homebrew something here. I always like... I think this was probably Quicksilver. He always has the neatest little gadgets and stuff.
1: Oh, gosh. I could buy everything on their table. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Those little uh, voltage uh, reading... uh, Those uh, little voltage and current meters. Yeah. yeah, They're just really nice.
0: Back outside again. People are sitting around. You know, we'd go walking down... (laughs) We'd go walking down the flea market way down in the racetrack, and after I got to the end and came back, I had to come in and rest. I was tired.
1: Yeah, that flea market. I don't think <clears throat> it's as big as Hera, but it's getting very, very close. To spread out though, and it's spread out, yeah. and yeah, I mean it's one of those things that you need to walk it early in the first day or. By the time you get around to it, about half the folks are gone. But also, you're just too darn tired. You walk about two aisles and you say, never mind. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of my things is I do my best to get out there as quickly as I can. So,
0: this various equipment.
1: National Weather Service there. You know, but every one of those buildings was chock full of booths and people. Yeah, you know, Mark. I don't know. If, I
0: don't know if Mark's in here or not. Let's see. Yeah, in four. Let's see if Mark's. I don't in think.
1: Here. I don't think Mark's in here this evening. Peter, so you
0: know, Mark missed it tonight. He he's featured in a show, and he missed it tonight. Mark is the. Uh, <laughs> Mark's the general chairman for the uh, Huntsville Ham Fest. That will be a great ham fest that's coming up in August. Oh, and
1: absolutely.
0: We will be webcasting that. Uh, uh, we're going to go down there. We've got reservations. We will be give, uh, webcasting the Huntsville Ham Fest, and we'll be giving away prizes. I, I highly
1: tomorrow. recommend that you find some way of recording my seminar <coughs> at Huntsville. <coughs> it will be an all-new forum. Yep. The title well, of it, right now is arduino the next generation and it's not going to be like anything i've ever done in the past
0: yeah brett says he might be there so that's good
1: brett come on down you know and so uh, i'm already committed for huntsville and orlando and a couple other places and things but huntsville's where i'm doing my brand new forum for the first time I might even have a few goodies to give away. That's good. Yeah, I like what Brett said. An arduous Arduino ordeal. Or our deal.
0: Even had a first aid station out there this year. Yeah. Look at that,
1: man. Well, you know, it's funny. You know, I've never really thought about bringing sunscreen to Dayton because. Yeah. I don't mm. think it's ever been sunny enough. Well, uh, hey,
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I've been here year, where it you was need it. was a very
1: yeah. close event. Yep. Oh, Actually, John, in the in the chat room there, um, you're getting a little too warm for comfort. Uh, let's just say that uh, I'm going extremely non-traditional on the Arduino's <clears> this <throat> year, but. Uh, Yeah, Tapper was there. Just all sorts of good folks were there. Uh, You know, uh, I think the one big one, you know, um, Kenwood wasn't there. And uh, somebody else said Apache Labs and a few others. But, you know, the only one I actually noticed wasn't there was the Kenwood folks. A lot
0: of eating outside. Kind of gives you the uh, feeling of a... Fair, you know, a state fair kind of. All they need to do is bring a ferris wheel in and have it run in. Well,
1: yeah, but that's what they, you know, that's what all the food (coughs) places are for is for the the county fair. Yeah. (laughs) What looks like 4 H Club. But, you know, there was a place there that sold frozen sweet tea. Oh, yeah. And they were selling those things as fast as they can hand them out the window.
0: I see I was going to say I, I see a lot of people out there. I don't know if that's the line coming in or not. There's civil air Patrol yeah so we uh, we had a CAP booth up there. I saw some of the cadets there there we go got a nice uh, nice little booth out there. United States Air Force, uh, that's the Visitor's Bureau. <clears throat> There's Michael Coulter, Michael's the treasurer, the guy with the white beard. He's the treasurer of the Dara Club, and also he's the official spokesperson uh, for uh, Hamvention. There's one of the forums. Look at here, man. Sirloin chip sandwich. Mm, mm, mm.
1: Yeah, I, I didn't get over there. I <coughs> went for the Philly cheesesteak instead.
0: Makes me a little hungry right now.
1: Oh, man. Yeah. The bourbon I mean, chicken. Bourbon chicken might be pretty good, man. That's the one huge improvement over Hera is the food. Yeah. <coughs> You know, the food the food's phenomenal there at Xenia. I mean it's typical fair food, but it's quite good.
0: Yeah, back inside, DX Engineering. Not sure what that is. World Radio Sport Team Championship. Lacraft. Yep.
1: HRO and the gang. Miss seeing Katie and Dwayne there this year. Yeah. <clears throat> they said hopefully maybe next year.
0: Alpha amps. You know, Alpha's got a beautiful amp too, man. Yes. The new modern ones uh, do a lot of stuff. Mine is a uh, manual tune, but uh, it's still got some nice stuff built in it, but. This would be uh, nice. Maybe I need to upgrade to uh, Alpha Ninety Five Hundred.
1: <laughs> Pretty looking amp. Mm-hmm. That's the gentleman that is taking over yeah. tech. Oh, and that radio that uh, Gary built for the QRPR key was the Paris set, P A R A S E T.
0: Okay.
1: Y'all want to look that up? It's a World War Two spy radio. And I tell you, it was a (coughs) spinning image of the real one. Here you go, Glenn. Yes, those are my PhaseDoc folks. They showed up. Um, They had a wonderful ham fest and uh, sold a lot of their prototyping systems there. We did an interview with them, and hopefully Tom will get that edited up, and we can show that next week or so.
0: Yeah, we can do that. Uh, We've got a nice video where they talk about this.
1: And. It's one of the very few interviews that I do. So, yeah, you, to get, do to,
0: you get to hear Glenn do an interview there. You
1: get to hear me do an interview, which is a rare thing.
0: All right. Well, we're walking around right now
1: inside. Yep, MSAT, gang.
0: Yeah, we're walking around. There's plenty to walk around and see and get your feet sore, that's for sure.
1: Well, you know, and that's the thing is, you know, you, people talk about people didn't go, but looked like to me there were no empty tables or booths or anything like that. Everything was was full.
0: I noticed out in the flea market, there were a lot well, market, of empty yes. spaces. Now, but that I'm could be in- that that could be that the the new the new thing here, new venue, may have more space. And they could have more spaces. Used to, if you didn't have a flea market space, you couldn't get one the next year. They were all right. sold out, you know.
1: I think the flea market was down a little bit, but it's up from what it's been in the past. I think yep. when they moved to Xenia, it's always been a little down compared to Hera. And it's been slowly getting better. I would say that this was the best flea market that they've ever done, but it's still down from the heyday of Hera.
0: I'm trying to get to the end of these real quick here. <coughs> yeah, what was here.
1: nice, the uh the Radio Society, of Great Britain folks had yeah, a lot of books there. And one Rhea. of the books they, they had there's was Rhea. the uh F T D X one oh one book. So there is now a really nice thick book on my new radio I get to read.
0: my friend ed that went with us that was our booth there all right we're gonna i'm gonna go ahead and try to get to the end of this and i mean i may never get to the end of it it's kind of <laughs> like being there
1: right yeah you took a lot more pictures than you thought you there did. is no end there there is no there end. we go that, No, go oh. back that that was the 101 mp with the display <clears throat> right there now it's about four or five slides back that one. Okay. That's that's the child I bought. And right. if, if you look on the edge <laughs> of the little red table or the little tablecloth there, that's where I had to wipe all the drool off.
4: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Well, anything ham related you can definitely find it here this year.
1: Oh, yeah. The only thing that was a little light was the Arduino <clears throat> type stuff and uh, you know, individual chips in general. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but uh, everything else was there.
0: All right. That's probably enough. That's probably enough.
1: <laughs> That's enough. It's never enough. That was the one thing about Dayton, and in particular this year, is the time just literally flew. I mean, I got there, what, Thursday afternoon, and next thing I know, I'm sitting at the airport Sunday morning flying home, and I'm like, those were the fastest four days of my life. I mean, it just literally flew right by. Yeah. Well, let's see. Yeah, hey, who Gordon. we got here? Hey, let's see if
0: we still have. Uh, did everybody leave the uh, Zoom here? Is Tony still yeah, up there? Yeah, we got there?
1: Bill Bill's
0: still there. Bill's in there. Everybody else is oh, gone, look, I guess. Look, Bill,
1: you got her to wake up because she knew you were going to talk. Yeah, okay. All right. Well, let me
0: check the. Uh...
5: I'm glad Rodan is there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, Normally yeah, she's uh, Gordon, hiding. Gordon was there. Gordon West was there. I, yeah. yeah. You know, there's a, here's a picture of Gordon when he was trying out for the ham camp, uh, for the uh, helmet camp 20 years ago, but he didn't make the cut. I had to turn him down. He uh, was something I didn't like. I don't know what it was, but uh, he did okay. Just,
1: just, not the right person. Yeah, he wasn't the right for
0: personality it. for it, you know. Oh man, we
1: Again, got
0: about. Was, oh, we got what time? Is this? Let's see, we got we got about 10 minutes left here. 10 minutes. Well, Glenn, you say uh, you want to uh, come over and pick your stuff up and, and do some soldering this weekend?
1: Yeah, and we can probably do a nice little video of the surface mount this weekend.
0: Yeah. See, my trouble, and uh, I mean, Kathy would do it. I hate bothering her. I, I need somebody that's interested in helping out here that could help, you know, film and, you know, record stuff as we, we do it. So you're going to have to start swinging by here on the way home from work. It's on your way.
1: Sort of is,
0: yeah, you
3: know. You know, I
1: I take the 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 two forty. Do you South Loop to fifty five, <clears throat> but I could swing another way. Yeah, but. Okay. Uh, well, like I say, though, my problem is I've got three books that need to be cranked out as fast as I can put them together. Yeah, Brett. Tom needs a producer. Come on down. Yeah. <clears throat> Man,
0: what is this right here? Oh, I saw. Uh, that's more pictures.
1: Uh, yeah. That, that, that lemonade stand, I believe, was also the one that had the uh, frozen iced tea, or the one right next to him had it. And I a think lot of that, folks had that. I think that.
0: that lemonade stand is the one where the tracker, as we launched it, 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 it stopped for lemonade. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, hey, man, the ants need to drink, too. That's true.
0: That's true. They needed to. And, uh, you
1: know, so it's... Um, like I say, the whole the whole Ham Fest felt really good this year. Everybody was upbeat. Uh, it was so good to see everybody that we haven't seen in the past couple years. And uh, Joe Eisenberg released his video of the Ham Fest today. And one yeah. of the songs he used was Stayin' Alive. Which, you know... Yeah. A little bit morbid, but, but so very true as we we're meeting up with friends to see who is still left with us.
0: Well, guys, this was this was our 40th Ham Fest, Ham Venture go to. There we are, and maybe some earlier days there. I think I saw that same radio there on somebody else's table for sale.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, that. I think that was part of the fun of the flea market is you go out there to see what tables the gear has moved to. Yeah, you because know, it's it's on the same tables, it's or the same stuff every year. It's just on a different table. <clears throat> Bill, you going to go there next year? Ah, <clears throat> uh, good
5: Lord, and the crypto fries.
1: Man, we we missed you this year. Well,
5: I had a bunch of stuff. Okay. I, a, a lot of things. I had a family member pass away on Sunday uh, uh, last week, and there, there was other things in the houses in probate, and my lawyers calling me every other day because you know if they put the thing in the newspaper and we got people calling. They want to buy the house. I don't oh, know. Oh, I
1: know. Yeah, I'm so thankful that I flew this year instead of drive. I mean. Like Tom's saying, he got home and he's just absolutely exhausted. Yep. And you got home before me. I didn't get home until like seven o'clock Sunday night. And you know, you left after I did. Oh right. All I had to do was sit at airports and and relax.
5: I'm a I'm a Wednesday to Monday type individual because the the I O O K has a send off breakfast. Okay, oh, wow. uh on Monday morning. Okay, and I normally make my flight somewhere between twelve thirty and one o'clock, so that I have enough time to drive back to Miller, uh, Miller Lane, fill the car with gas, and then zip up to the airport and take off.
1: <laughs> I ended up flying out right around at noon on Sunday. <clears throat> And I had like a three hour layover in Atlanta, but it you know it it was it felt good because I got home and I wasn't as exhausted as I had been after doing that ten hour drive yeah that's you know I'm probably gonna start driving again you know next year or the year after this year was kind of a one-off I'm hoping because the drive is actually. You know, enjoyable, too. I love it when Tom streams the drive up and then I generally follow him the next day and I've already seen the the stuff that he passed the day before.
5: Oh. uh, Tom, did Max show up there? I don't
0: think Max went.
5: Oh. I was just curious.
1: You know, I did have, personally, one big highlight of the show... I get up there, what was it, Saturday morning to, to meet and sign books and stuff. And I go up to the, the folks at the book table. and They're like, we sold out of all your books. <laughs> and I'm like, no, no, you know, wait a minute, wait a minute. And uh, the day before, Jackie Ferreira there had told me that, you know, she had another box of my books and didn't know where it was. And so I'm thinking, maybe there's one box left in reserve. <coughs> and so went over to see her, and she was able to find that box of books. And it was literally, you know, they said they had brought three times uh, the number of my books as compared to any other books on the, the bookstore. And by Sunday uh, morning, it looked like they were going to be selling out. When I left there Saturday night, they were in a position to, to sell the books out again. <coughs> So that was just kind of a really, that's a personal thing that I enjoy seeing. Well, it's about time he got here. Yeah. He, he got in late, just enough to say uh, goodbye. Right on time.
0: going to give him a demerit. Yeah. Be- Hello, he Bill.
1: Goodbye, late. Bill. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, he came
0: in. Uh, he's got three minutes left to catch up here.
6: You're muted, Bill. Yeah, I just wanted to say uh, congratulations on... Uh, Launching one of the balloons from the Ventures and made it all the way to Haiti today, so and Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico.
0: Yeah, <clears throat> well, it was right out. In, it, that was the first one we launched. It got right yeah. out, kind of in front of that weather, and uh, I guess it, I guess it stayed out there.
6: The other two it looks like they got hit by storms. So.
0: Yeah, yep. I think so.
6: But it's doing great. <clears throat> I'm in Ohio. I've in Findlay, Ohio.
1: Yeah, it was yep. good to see you there Friday.
6: Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> it was sure hot, though, in the building.
1: Yeah, it was a little stuffy.
0: Well, Saturday then, we brought the fan out. I took a fan up here.
1: But if you notice, Sunday morning when I was going into the airport, it was almost <clears throat> cold, and I almost put a jacket on.
6: It's been cold up here ever since... Uh, I've got up to Findlay, it's just, uh, I've had to wear a jacket all day, it's breezy and cold.
1: Yeah, it was actually colder down here today than it was up at Dayton. All All right, hey, let me just make a quick
0: announcement. We're coming close to the uh, end of our shortwave segment here. Uh, Thanks to everybody that tuned in tonight, or today, it's Thursday, if you tuned in on shortwave. You can join our show, oh, on, join our our show Tuesday. on Tuesdays. We're live uh, video uh, show on Tuesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Time by going to w5kub.com. Uh, the show's about ham radio, shortwave listening, electronics. Uh, we're glad we have you. Send us an email to tom at w5kub.com. Let us know where and where you are. And uh, uh, for the last few people that are still hanging in there, if you hadn't subscribed yet, Hit that subscribe button right here. I'm pointing at it. Hit that subscribe button. That will help us out a whole lot. And also join our uh, Facebook group. We've got 13,000 hams. It's growing every day. It's called W5KUB. So just do a search for W5KUB uh, in Facebook, and it'll bring up uh, this, this, uh, this ham radio group. Good night, everybody. Uh, we'll see you next week.
6: Evan 3. Hey, my... Uh... My video looks pretty good from this hotel. I think I should uh, get on get online from this hotel every time. Yeah, it looks pretty yeah, good. Yeah, just
1: run a remote base or something.
5: <laughs>
6: yeah. yeah. Well, I'm using yeah, my own yeah. hotspot instead of the hotel uh, Wi-Fi though.
1: Yeah, I was going to say the video actually looks pretty good. The lighting's good. You're no longer you know looking like you're down in a dungeon.
6: Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah well, I have to set things up <laughs> like they have in this hotel With the lighting It uh, actually works out pretty good
1: Yeah, it it looks pretty good
6: I've been uh, Going through my dad's house and barn One last time before they uh, Oh my <laughs> the And I'll be heading back to Alabama I'll be up here probably uh, Saturday or Sunday. But Tom, that uh, Yokohama is working well.
0: It's definitely fly high.
6: It's going higher than an SPS. Yeah. Keep in mind, uh, that's 13 grams with helium and it's 42,000 feet. That's pretty good.
0: Well, I was sure hoping to compare our, our hi, uh, hydrogen bloom we launched Saturday, you know, with the other two. But unfortunately, I think it got up around 42 before it started coming down.
6: You actually went up to about <clears throat> 43 or 44. Oh, did it? Actually. Yeah.
0: Well, it's lighter and it had to hydrogen. Oh, I'm going to start tomorrow building uh, the new little board that we've got. Uh, it's even lighter than um, the board I've been building there, so. I'm um, trying to think of a way to even cut some more weight off. I might can, I might get the entire tracker with the solar panels and everything down to like 6 grams. Right now we're about
6: 7.8. And thanks for uh, launching the balloon with uh, Tom and Jack. Mm, yeah. That, uh, yeah. I was pretty tied up over there at the uh, Dayton Arena, the UD Dayton Arena for my... Uh-huh. I was in graduation when you guys launched that they had 440 students and it took a long time oh, to wow call it, so.
0: yeah yeah
6: and uh, then we had pounding rain that afternoon so the early early birds got your uh, for some reason yours Lag behind the APRS one. I don't know whether it was going up slower. No,
0: well, let well, see. We la- I wasn't going to launch. I wasn't going to launch. So we launched the APRS one, and it went almost straight up. I'm thinking, and with the wind, like terrible out there, and it went almost straight up. And I think, okay, so it's got seven and a half grams. We got seven and a half grams. Let's go ahead. And, let's go ahead and try it. So I had to go out to the truck. We went out and got it. Came back. We launched like twenty minutes later. Oh, okay. uh, about 20 minutes later, we launched that bill, and the tracker drug across the concrete, and it hooked the, the concrete that went around the flagpoles, and then it wrapped the flagpole, and it took off a little, and it landed at the it landed at the uh, lemonade stand. It got some <laughs> lemonade, and then and then it took off and it went over the building. So. Uh, yeah, so we were a little delayed in getting that one off, but I, I, I was sure want to compare that. You know, equal blue. For some
6: reason, mine ended up, the APRS one ended up uh, way ahead of yours, and uh, that's when the storms were keeping in. Now, that one launched in the afternoon, there was a gigantic, super severe storm that popped oh, yeah. right up until that one. It, it clobbered that one
0: yeah i mean yeah we looked it on the radar it was red and yellow just all around it man it was
6: and it you can see the solar panel mm. voltage started to drop mm. the altitude yeah. leveled off at twenty-one thousand feet, feet the voltage was going down i says that's not good
4: yeah <laughs> yeah
6: then i looked at the radar and says oh it's definitely not good
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm surprised that they even made it off the ground the way the the whole weather was this weekend with the wind and the, the rain and just the humidity and everything
6: we wouldn't have made it on friday friday was twice the winds than saturday
0: yeah, yeah well if i can get I'm not sure if yours
6: got you were, uh you actually came down near the very first oil well in uh, oil city pennsylvania that's oh, yeah. uh, that's titus i think it's titusville yeah. anyways you're pretty close to where the very first oil well came was was uh, hmm. was uh, dug. <clears throat> so uh, but yours went up to peak altitude.
4: Yeah.
3: So
6: I don't know whether I, 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 I or thought it had something going on.
0: I thought it probably had a leak. We were about Not every ten minutes about every ten minutes we were losing about two thousand feet. Yeah. So I don't
6: so know. There, I think yours was more of a leak than a severe thunderstorm yeah,
0: yeah probably
6: but the other one boy it, it definitely got whammed
1: <laughs> yeah it did <clears throat> bill did so you did. hear what happened to me uh, sunday at the ham fest no no yeah i was over in the giga Parks booth looking around and apparently i lost all the cash i had brought and i got home today and there was this box in my driveway I know it happened while I was looking at their online catalog, and I must have hit buy it now instead of like.
6: Yeah, <laughs> there was an FT-101 today.
1: MP that showed up in my driveway today.
6: Oh, did you get one? Yeah. You went and got one.
1: <laughs> I had this, I've told everybody I lost a big pile of money, <coughs> and I know exactly where it happened, and everybody's like, oh, my God, oh, my God. I'm like, yeah, it's, I got it right there. <laughs> yeah. Well, I unboxed it. Guess who? Uh, who claimed it is theirs?
0: Oh
6: yeah, yeah.
0: So, Bill, I spent a lot of money. I spent a lot of money. I, I bought, uh, um, uh, I bought some heat shrink.
6: Hey, there you
0: go. There. and I I, I, I bought me a uh, inductor. That's it's it's larger than it looks. Oh, you showed me that. Uh, did yeah. you see that? that it, you know, I'm a. I build me a little tuner out of that. And well, then I've got. got I, and then I bought a. Hey, look at this, man. I bought a high power laser, man, and it comes with a key. You have to turn it on with a key.
6: Is that a green laser? Or yeah, this is a
0: green. You need. put the you have to put the key in there and turn the key on. do no, to on. In your eye. Uh, <laughs> uh, this is
1: okay, the way that you on. can bring, bring your balloons down uh, or see. bring your competitors' balloons down.
6: Right, right.
0: It, it'll it'll arc weld. Yeah. yeah. It's uh it's a green laser and uh I don't know. I shine it down I can I can shine it, I can see it like two miles down the street. I don't have anything further to shine it on. Uh, I might try it on the moon later. It's pretty powerful. Yeah, dude, you do some
1: moon bounce with the laser.
6: Pilot. What was that? It'll blind air airline pilots.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I can't come, I can't the really aim it up. You know? for you. I really can't aim it up in the sky at airplanes
1: for sure. Yeah, but and you can try the, some Moon Bounce with it.
6: The Green Lasers, uh, a friend of mine made a weapon, a personal protective weapon for special forces and things using the Green Laser because, and he made it the size of a ink pen. Yeah. So you just put it in your pocket, and it would temporarily <laughs> blind somebody, but not permanently. At that particular frequency, it was eye wow. safe. It wow. Just, over, it was like being uh, snow blind. Yeah. So, yeah. if you were to walk out in this white snow on a bright sunny day from a dark room, that's the kind of effect it had. Well, and so uh, we went through airport security, and the security agent is playing with his pen and started to turn it on huh, and no. didn't notice the green beam on it and, and actually pointed it at his head and you can see a green dot in the security agent's forehead <laughs> so, yeah. oh my yeah. gosh you know if he pointed at his eye my friend would have been locked away for months
0: i was but told that you can even you see can the beam I-, I was you told
6: know, it, put it back and gave it back <clears throat> to the guy.
0: i was told you can see the beam i can't see the beam in the house here maybe outside the dark you might can
6: see the beam uh, you can see it where wherever it's uh, where it pointed on.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, you can see the
6: dot, but not the beam. Right. They
0: talk like you can see the actual beam itself, but
6: uh, well, the, if you have some humidity, yeah, and, yeah, and dust in the air,
0: so it's got a little, uh, it's got a little filter thing that will screw on the end here, and um, yeah. it's kind of like a what do you call it? Kaleidoscope or whatever. I mean, you can you can actually turn it. I don't know if you can. Uh, you can't see it back here.
6: You got to temporary blind the audience online here.
0: You can't see. I'm, I'm aiming a green dot at the green screen. So,
1: well, he's already got the feed turned off.
6: So. Oh, okay. It's just us then.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, but
0: it's it, it, you know it, it, you can change. Let's see. Oh yeah. You can change the pattern. It makes a lot of cool things.
6: All right. There's a teacher. Launched a balloon from uh, her school on Sunday. Well, when, no, Monday. As I was driving up from Dayton, it went right over my car, apparently. And I didn't know she had launched, but she had flown an SBS 13 and it floated for about three hours, popped a leak, and came down. Oh, bummer. New York.
4: Mm-hmm. Wow.
6: I think she put about six and a half grams on that one Mm. so i think these yokohamas are the way to go
0: yeah i think so all
6: right guys i'm gonna get
0: out of here i uh
6: i've been really back home safely and uh yeah now uh, glenn of course came home without any money but
1: (laughs) i had been selling stuff and saving pennies for two years to buy that thing and it was finally just time to pull the trigger, so, right? You know, it it were, I mean, I saved a you know a boatload of money by buying it at Dayton because I didn't have to pay tax and I didn't have to pay shipping.
6: Oh yeah, yeah. You
1: know, so I how, I saved. How heavy
6: a, is that radio?
1: Gosh, feels like about fifteen pounds.
6: Okay, it's about the same as my uh,
1: uh, probably about maybe twenty.
6: About the same as my TS-2000,
1: then. Yeah. It's it's definitely not a light radio. All right,
0: guys. Good night. I'm getting off here. I'm turning everything off.
6: All right. I'm, I'm still, still here. I'll be Put back on. in Alabama next Tuesday. So. All, right, man. All right, We'll see
1: you. We'll see you next week.
6: Good. All right. Bye now.
1: Bye.